Hello and welcome to Super Saturdays, a comic book media podcast where each episode will be focusing on your favorite comic books, TV shows, and movies to figure out if these projects will stand the test of time. I'm Damon A. And on today's episode, I'm joined by... Hi, everybody. I'm Freddie uh, from DMV Comic Book Nerds. All right. On with the show. Right. How are you doing today, Freddie? I'm doing all right. I'm excited to uh, chat with you, my friend. Like uh, we've chatted a couple times before, but uh, it's my first time on the podcast. So thanks for having me. Of course, I'm glad that you were able to make it. Of course, glad to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us a little bit about DMV Comic Book Nerds. Sure. Um, so DMV Comic Book Nerds, it's a fan club and podcast connecting comic book nerds around the DMV area, which is primarily DC, Maryland, and Virginia, but um, I'm happy to connect with people all over the world. Uh, and already, since we started in uh, March of 2023, you know, I've met a lot of cool people and had a couple of fun podcasts. And um, most of the podcasts were last year, but, uh, you know, we're still in January 2024. Anything could happen. So, yeah. All right. Dope. Dope. As always, I love talking with you, Freddie. You're really cool. And I'm so glad to have you on for our Riverdale episode. So, Freddie, are you ready to talk a little bit and dive into our news roundup? Yes, I am. All right. All right. So, uh, Daredevil born again. At the time of this recording, uh, more information has come out about Daredevil Born Again. A while ago, we heard that they chopped th- a lot of shit from the show. They, they they fired the entire team. They were, like, starting fresh. And within the last couple of days, we found out that uh, Deborah Ann Wong and uh, Alden Henson, Alden Henson, Alden Henson is coming back as Foggy. Uh, and then today, uh, and also a little bit yesterday, some rumors, I think they're getting close to being confirmed, talk ab- talked about how uh, Wilson Bethel? Wilson Bethel? Yes. Yeah, I think- Wilson Bethel is going to be back as Bullseye. Uh, so, Freddie, are you con- are you excited for Daredevil Born Again? Hell yeah! <laughs> like, I love Daredevil. Big Daredevil fan. Uh, read a lot of the comic books. Watched all the show on Netflix. Um, and all, you know, I watch all the Marvel stuff, so, um, not all of it, but most of it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited for that one for sure. No, I'm, I remember watching, uh, when, when I remember in the first season when Daredevil first came out, I was still in high school when it first came out. And what? I remember. <laughs> You're such a baby. <laughs> yeah. So I remember I was in high school and I was watching season one during my classes on my tablet in class. Uh, I remember that. I was hella excited. And then I just remember, like, I, I have really fond memories with the Netflix Marvel shit. I'm going to be honest, Soups. I did not finish Daredevil season three. Well, then you've got homework before Born Again. I really do. I really do. I remember I was like, I think I liked the episode. I, I, I got a couple episodes in. But it was a lot slower pace than the previous seasons. And then 
I don't know if it's just me or me. Like, maybe I need to look back at it. But, like, at the time, I remember watching it and I was thinking about how cinematography-wise, it looked a lot different than the previous seasons. It didn't look as, like, cinematic, I guess. In my opinion, it picks up. Um, I'm not sure where you left off, but season three, it might start a little slow, but it definitely picks up. And it's got some standout moments for the whole series. Like, I can't even, like begin to praise like one particular scene you'll know when you get there like i'm not gonna spoil anything but uh you know actually there's several standout moments for me season three like and just like the whole arc of it like i really like season three i like i mean i like them all but um but yeah i mean they were different because i think each season had like a different showrunner i'm not quite sure i think so i think so i know season two um they had a completely different showrunner for season two which is why, like, it kind of was just disjointed. Which is why, like, for me, I, I kind of like season two. I kind of like season I two. Like, yeah, I like them all, man. Like, I like the, I like. Okay, so season one, you got Daredevil's like origin, and you've got you're introduced to him in his world. Season two, you've got Elektra. You've got Punisher. Like, that's dope. You got the hand and all that. Mm-hmm. Season three, uh, I don't know what to say about season three because. I don't want to spoil anything. I I know Bullseye's in there, and then they adapted a lot of uh, Born Again in there. And, like, I I know a couple of different things. I also ended up seeing, like, that last scene where he beats the Kingpin. I spoiled myself for it. But, like, I... Season two, you know, I I don't think it was as bad as everybody said it was. I think... Oh, yeah. It's nowhere near bad in my my book. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was, like, a couple of different problems, but, like, I didn't think it was bad. Like, it still was nice. I loved Lodi Young as uh, Electro. That was great. Me too. Yeah. Uh, they should bring her back. Yes. They bring her back for Born Again. I hope they do. Like, uh, I mean, I I, I don't know what people's com- problems were with season two. I mean, I have heard complaints about it, but, like, mostly I just hear praise for Daredevil. Like, like out of all the Netflix shows, I think people like Daredevil the most really um i personally like i mean i love daredevil i also love luke cage i love luke cage and um i watched the first two seasons of jessica jones i like the first one i kind of didn't like the second one that's (laughs) what i heard about jessica jones and then like i heard a lot of people didn't watch season three of jessica jones and i know that like at least for me i'm gonna be honest I think they shouldn't have killed the Purple Man in season one of Jessica Jones. I think they should have, like, I don't want to say milked it, but, like, just come up with something different, I guess. You know what? Maybe we should do another episode doing a retrospective on the Netflix Marvel stuff. Because I can talk about this for a while. <laughs> right? <laughs> Me too. Yeah, on to real shit. So our next piece of news is Rachel Brosnahan spoke out about what to expect with her Lois Lane in superman legacy she said that her lois is going to be feisty marvelous and fiercely intelligent so have you been keeping up with superman legacy freddie i have not really okay i like like i i'm not really the person to ask about uh the james gunn dcu like uh like i i'll just wait and see i can't really say i'm too hype for it personally but i respect other people's hype <laughs> okay 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 were you more of like a dceu fan it's not even that um 
if you like, sh- should I be hundred percent? Keep it a hundred. <laughs> keep it a hundred. All right. Well, I mean, I've talked about it a little bit on my podcast, but I just have such a bitter taste in my mouth from everything that's happened over the past couple of years with WB, with the flash, uh, with canceling Batgirl, like, uh, with, you know, flopping blue beetle. I got, I like blue beetle. I, I kind of thought that deserved better. Um, you know, it's just been, it's just been rough times for DC, you know, and like, but, but like the guy who's made it rough, like David, David Zaslav, he's still in charge, you know, Point. and, uh, and James Gunn answers to him. And like, I don't know what we're going to get from that, but I mean, I hope that it's good. Cause I mean, if I'll be there for Superman regardless, but. I'm not particularly excited for like another Superman reboot. Like, I, I mean, I love Superman. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like we've seen a bunch of Superman interpretations, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, like I said, I'll wait and see. Like, I don't really. I mean, we just lived through a writer and actor strike, and like all this stuff. So like, and then like Warner Brothers is losing money left and right. I don't know how they're gonna make good movies. <laughs> coming up soon but let's hope and pray because you know that's understandable that's understandable in points i do agree that there's a lot of like things in warner brothers slash dc's corner from all the mistakes that they've done within the last couple of years and i'm still not kind of mad i'm still really bothered by the way that they really handled the ray fisher thing uh like that, mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. Um, but I still have hope that James Gunn's stuff is going to be good. I'm a little hyped for Superman primarily because Rachel Brosnahan was my fan cast for Lois ever since watching Miss Maisel. But I guess we'll figure it out. We'll find out. But I do agree, though. Blue Beetle was good as hell. Like, I was pleasantly surprised when I went to go see that. Like, pleasantly surprised. What was your first exposure to Archie and the Riverdale gang and then also what, what was your first exposure to the show okay uh good questions um so first I gotta say I'm repping my Archie shirt I'll try to hold it to the camera but the camera keeps moving <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, for the soups that are yeah. listening on the apps uh Freddie's wearing an Archie shirt yeah, it's got most of the main uh characters from the comics um you know Archie Betty Veronica and everybody Jughead. But, um, yeah, so I loved Archie Comics for a long time. Like, I remember being a kid and going to the grocery store and seeing, like, little Archie Digest books in the store, like, when you're waiting for the cash register. So, like, I would be like, I want one of those. And I would, like, check those out. And actually, me and my sister, my older sister, we would both read them. And, like, we had a lot of Archie comic books back in the day. I don't know what happened to them. They're all gone now. Um, but um, I think I gave them away somewhere, somewhere along the way. But um, you know, it was good times. So of course, when they finally made a TV show, I had to watch it. Like, like I had been waiting since a kid. Like I remember there were like letter columns in like the Archie books, and people would be asking like, "When is Archie going to get a movie or a TV show?" And they would speculate about who would be in it, and they would talk about it being in development, but it never came about for like decades so 2017 i think you know we we finally get riverdale 
and there's a lot of buzz about it, you know. <laughs> uh, I mean, you watch it, I watch it. I think we all know it starts out very different from the comic books, and it really rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, from what I remember. But I was always willing to give it a chance, and so now here I am, seven years later. <laughs> um, Damn, the show. seven pod- years later. Oh yeah, my god. Um, Last year, 2023, I podcasted the final season of Riverdale on DMV Comic Book Nerds with a couple friends. And, like, yeah, like, I didn't podcast any of the other seasons because, I mean, there were other podcasts out there. I hadn't gotten into podcasting yet. But, um, you know, I had to do that last season just because I was so excited for it. And uh, it was a good time. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> if you think this first episode was crazy... It gets crazier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, this first episode was something, but but we'll talk about it. We will talk about because I have notes. I have some shit in my notes about this first episode. Um, but you know, my first exposure to Archie uh, was, I gotta say, either the Josie and the Pussycats movie with Rachel A. Cook, oh, yeah, and Rosario movie. Dawson. I loved that movie growing up. I did. I think it was that. I also think it was Archie's Weird Weird Mysteries. I love that show. Yeah. Actually, I had a DVD of that show. I regret getting rid of it. Um, and I would also say, like, I would every now and then I would get, you know, the Archie Digests. But I also, the biggest connection, I would say, would have to be Sabrina the Teenage Witch, just growing up. Oh, yes. I, I forgot to mention, I grew up on the 90s. Yes. Dylan Hart series. I used to watch TGIF, like... I love that show. And I didn't even, I don't know if I realized until, like, I don't know when I realized that Sabrina was part of the Archieverse, but, you know, it wasn't, like, obvious from the show alone. Like, there were, you never saw a crossover with, like, Archie. But, um, but but props to Sabrina for, like, making the brand popular at that time. Because there was nothing else. Like, there was the comics, but there were no other Archie shows at that time. Exactly, which you really th- would think there would have been. I think Archie is a property that like is literally primed for more content, but they just didn't do anything with it, which is surprising. I could have like by now you would think there'd be like lots of different interpretations of Archie, but aside from Riverdale, all we have is that kind of crappy made-for-TV movie back in the '90s or '80s or whatever. Well, I gotta say. They did just come out with a new um, movie uh, called The Archies. Uh, it's a yes, it's like a, the Indian Bollywood movie. Like it's, I I've watched it. I gotta say, it's it's interesting. I kind of like it. <laughs> I still haven't watched it. I know you were telling me a little bit about it. You ready to dive into Riverdale? Yes, I'm ready. All right, well, let's dive in. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's get into this summary. Riverdale reels from the tragic death of Jason Blossom, a high school student. <laughs> New student Veronica Lodge arrives in town, and Cheryl Blossom stirs up trouble among the others. Wa- among the others, while keeping a few secrets of her own. What? <laughs> I just copy and pasted that from Wikipedia. Let- Hold up, wait a minute. Am I reading this correctly? One more time. One more time. Riverdale reels. Take, <laughs> Take two. <laughs> That summary is very brief. That does not cover all of the stuff oh. that happens oh. in this episode. Oh, wait till you see the like the rest of the episode descriptions for 
Riverdale. Like, they will have the briefest, most vague sentence, and the most crazy shit will happen. <laughs> like, you'll be like, what? Like, like you, you won't know what happened based off of the episode description. You can't go by that. Exactly, because, like, that just... T- like, I... I would assume this was a filler episode or some shit. I would have just... <laughs> I would have assumed this was a filler... It doesn't even mention... This doesn't mention... It mentions nothing, okay? It doesn't even mention... Archie having this affair with this older teacher, which it is... It doesn't a, even mention Archie. It, it at all. Archie. At all. At all, actually. Okay, so since we're up here kind of like talking shit about the show, just a little bit, just a little bit. What was your... Okay, having to rewatch this episode, what were your thoughts? Like your initial thoughts? All right, so I got to say that I watched this episode for the first time for this podcast... Like it was the first time I had seen it since I watched like the finale. Like I like I had podcasted season seven. I hadn't revisited the pilot until now. So this was very interesting <laughs> to have that hindsight, you know. So um, I got a lot to say. I don't know if you want me to, you know, go in order <laughs> or take turns or. <laughs> I mean, uh, j- just your initial thoughts before you go initial into full-on thoughts. Um, initial thoughts? I mean, I still enjoy it. I mean, there are things I don't enjoy at all. <laughs> but Riverdale's always a show with, like, ups and downs, um, the highs and lows of uh, high school football and such. So um, I don't know if you get that reference yet, but uh, <laughs> you will if you keep watching. <laughs> um. You know, my initial thoughts of this episode. Okay, I, I I got some notes right here in front of me. Um, I didn't I didn't take too big of notes, primarily because the sentences of the notes like was big moments. Like, it's like one page full of notes, but a lot is said on this one page of notes. Okay, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even take any notes. Like I. I rewatched it. I, I I made mental notes of like things that I might want to talk about, but um, I, I'm ready to hear what you got to say. <laughs> okay, so my initial thoughts on this episode. I think it was a good. I think it was a good opener. It was a good. It was a good pilot. I'll give it that. And I also feel like um, I noticed that I forgot. Okay, you know, I'll I'll say this. I remember watching this when it came on CW, and I remember I was excited. And I watched it that night, and I remember being really excited because I got off of school because I was still in high school when this came out. Mm. And I was a high school senior. This is important. This came out in 2017. This is very important. So Archie and the gang are supposed to be sophomores. So they're all about 15, right? Why the hell? And I, I'm jumping all over the place, Soups. Please, stay with me. There's a scene in particular, and this, this has been my brain since I finished watching it before this episode. There's a scene where Kevin Keller is, like, talking about Betty, and he's saying, like, oh, my God, Archie got hot. Great. Fantastic. KJ Alpa, great-looking dude. Um, but then he says something on the lines of, well, you know, he, you know he's a straight, white, millennial. They're not millennials. They're not millennials. They're supposed to be Gen Zers. You're right. What the hell? That bothered me. That's all I got to say. But oh, man. That's the least of the inconsistencies you should be worried about. Like, 
Wait till you wait till you get to the time jump. Wait till you get to all There's that. a time jump? Don't I, I shouldn't say anything else. There's a time <laughs> Listen, I only remember watching season 1 of River No, I watched one and a half. And then I just dropped off by accident in season two. But aside from that, before I get ahead of myself, my initial thoughts on this episode, it made me remember that I forgot that this this uh, season one was a lot more serious compared to the later seasons. Even the seasons where, because I'm pretty sure the second half of season two onwards before they started doing the rear kooky shit, that's when it just became cheesy. And season one writing wise had a more like had a more like elevated type of serious vibe, even with the cheesy stuff compared to the other ones, from what I could tell. Um, but I noticed that it was a lot more mature. I noticed that visually it looked great. It looked very cinematic, surprisingly. And the acting wasn't that bad in this first episode. Oh, yeah. Like, I got to praise Riverdale actors like they are amazing. Almost all of them, if not all of them, like I don't want to single anybody out because they're i mean they're all great but to me but um especially because like you know considering how much they went through on the show like they they took it all on and they and they just did a great job in my opinion like especially kj appa um lily reinhardt camilla mendez uh even cole sprouse like um but even the adults like um you know, I think they, they did some great casting on the show. They did some amazing casting, I'd say. I'd say um, within this first episode, Cammy uh, Mendez, at first, I was kind of like, it was kind of questionable. But then towards the second half of the episodes where she like really amped it up. And I think, um, you know, it's a pilot. So a lot of times actors don't really, they're getting to know their characters and whatnot. But I think the acting was really solid within this first episode. The sh- episode like kind of gave me Twin Peaks vibes, and I've never even watched Twin Peaks, but I got those vibes. Yeah, I've never seen Twin Peaks either, but like this show will make you aware of Twin Peaks if you've never seen Twin Peaks. Because first of all, you've got um, Machen Amick, who I believe is like a veteran of Twin Peaks. Like, yes, she is. She's one of the main characters. And so she's playing on Betty's mom, and she's ever-present, and she is bonkers. Like, like I got to say, when I was rewatching this episode, the first moment that made me laugh out loud, even though it wasn't a scene that was meant to be funny, but it's like right in the beginning, okay? So you see uh, you see Cheryl and her brother Jason, they're uh, going for their little weird river date. He doesn't come back. Their weird boat ride. <sighs> Let's let's let's, let's address let, let, let's address the elephant in the room. Okay, we'll do it. Okay. I wrote it down, and I would even argue this was the same vibes in some of the Archie comics, especially Afterlife. Um, <laughs> it's giving incest. It's yeah. giving incest. It yeah. is giving that, and it, yeah. And I don't know where the show was going, and I think the show kind of knew it, and they just hammed it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a it was a choice. I don't know if it was the best choice. <laughs> As the show goes on, they kind of pretty much say they 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 don't really have in, an incestual an incestuous relationship. Like um, they're just really close. Okay, <laughs> like, yeah, they're just really close, but like they're not that close. Cause, like because you do find out in this first episode that Jason was with Polly. Yeah, 
then later on you find out that Cheryl is a lesbian. So like it doesn't like she's not even into dudes. So like it's a like um you know there's a lot going on here. Um, but I want to get to after that. So we find out Jason is dead. Um, Jughead is narrating, but then you see the parents and people like out by the river, and you see Betty's parents. And the first line that Alice Betty's mom says is, um, "What is she saying?" I hope that he. She said. Uh, I hope that he like dies uh, or he suffers. I hope he's dead. I hope he <laughs> suffered in his last moments. I hope he burns in hell. I'm like, yes, it Alice. was burned in hell. A 15-year-old, mind you. Or no, 16 or something. Still a kid. Still a kid. I was like, that's an unhinged thing to say. (laughs) But that's Alice, and that's that's consistent, honestly, as it goes through the show. (laughs) You know, speaking of Alice Cooper, not the rock band person, but Alice Cooper, Betty's mom. uh, She was giving Karen. She she was. She she very much was. Like she was in like the best way possible. Uh, but honestly, I can't even think of that scene properly now because I I wasn't laughing at it. But since you brought it up, it's yeah, making it funny. It's not it's not meant to be funny, but like having seen the show, seen all seven seasons of the show, and knowing how big of antagonist um, Alice becomes for Betty and everybody, <laughs> it's just funny to me. Like. I never really understood the choices they made with Alice, but it made for entertaining drama, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it was very heightened, it was very ridiculous, like over the top. But she she embraced it and she kept it moving. <laughs> she did. Like 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 I said, everybody in this show they was chomping those like they 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 they, they was chopping their role. They they liked it. They 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 they, they did their role well. The only big question I have, well, no, not the only, but like. Another big question that I have is, where the hell is Veronica's house? Because how the hell is it that, like, Riverdale is a small town, yet whenever we go to Veronica's house, there's, like, a city background. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, if Riverdale is Riverdale, I'm just going to assume there's a downtown Riverdale. Maybe there is. I mean, you can, but, but there was a line halfway through this episode where Kevin meets Veronica, and he tells her what's in town. There's nothing but a strip club called the Ho Zone. The Hozone. <sighs> Actually, and they never mentioned it again. Rurito doesn't even strike me as the place to have a strip club. <laughs> Ooh, well, they have they have more than you will expect if you continue to watch this show. That's all I can say. But you know, there's a lot of Easter eggs in this episode. I noticed too. Like a lot of Easter eggs, which I kind of liked yeah. it because, like, I know that like the writer uh, uh, Roberto Aguero Sacasa, he um he wrote this, and he also was the showrunner for the for season one. Or was he showrunner for the entirety of the show? Yes, and oh. that's like um, props to him. Like I I can't give him enough credit for that because like that like this show. There's a lot I could say, but I'll save it for the end. <laughs> Later on in the episode, we find out that Archie wants to do music. So what was what, what what was your thoughts on the music that I Archie shouldn't really be doing music. I'm sorry. All the all the music he was showing, it was trash. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, like I, I'm one of the minority of people who loves Archie's music. Like I I I'm a 
I'm a music teacher. My job, uh, I I play acoustic guitar and other okay, things. Okay, okay. But um, so like I it, it, I like it. I'm not gonna lie. I know I'm. I know most people don't like it. <laughs> most people hate the musical scenes <laughs> and the songs in Riverdale. At least from what I see online, but you know, I, I'll I'll be the one be like, okay, Archie, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, okay, okay. <laughs> like the way Archie was, like they were like listening to Archie stuff. It was giving that one friend. It, it, the vibes I was getting was that like, you ever have that one friend who like it had or acquaintance or whatever who really wants to do music and you just don't have the heart to tell him it's not that good. That's the vibes that Archie was giving. But I will say this, though. I do like the musical stuff within within Riverdale. I love seeing the Pussycats. I love... Um, I even like the musical episodes that did come out. And I'm listen, I was a theater kid, so I fucking love musical shit. But I don't know. You know, I'm honestly genuinely curious. Did his music, his music, did his music get a little bit better within the first season? Because I don't really remember it. Yes. Like, there's this one song that I love. It's called I Got You. He sang it with one of the Pussycats. Um, I, I listen to that song all the time. Uh, but, um, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, it might not be everyone's taste. Like, I mean, uh, I mean, some songs are better than others. It's all subjective. What mm-hmm. can I say? <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's reaching out to Miss Grundy, presumably. I mean, we find out there's a lot more going on there. And it's a mess, but... Um, what was your thoughts on the Miss Grundy and Archie situation? Hate it. <laughs> hate it, hate it, hate it. This is the worst thing about the show for me. Like, I feel like... I, I don't feel like that's an exaggeration because, like, again, I'm a music teacher, so I take this personally. <laughs> like, I'm like, like, I'm like... Like, she needs to get her act together and stop messing with Archie. Stop messing with these kids. It makes me so sad. It's out of pocket, unacceptable. Uh, I just can't stand it. And they never fix it. Like they try to, they try to undo it a couple times, but they just don't. They make it worse, honestly, in my opinion. So, you know, I think thinking about it right now, I remember, because like when I was younger, I didn't really think too much of it because I was a teenager when I was watching this. But then as I'm like older now, and I was watching it, I was like, you know, this episode slash show would have been a lot better if they didn't at least the first season if they like i don't think the sleeping with a teacher subplot was necessary i felt like it wasn't it, necessary i completely agree like just let miss grundy be old yeah Please. like every other archie project she's old and just there's no affairs like it's not necessary like i think it was just done for like the scandal of it like yeah for, like, for the know, shock value the shock value like but but then after having watched seven seasons i'm like what are they doing on this show? Like, I don't even know. It kind <laughs> of was questionable things for sure. It it kind of was just like you just added in there for shock value, and it kind of. What was the point of adding this into the story? Are you going to make you know make a commentary on how this was really really wrong and she took advantage of Archie? But you guys didn't really do that, at least to what I remember for season one. They didn't really focus on that. No, I agree. Like they, they, they would have a few characters here and there say, "Oh, that's that's bad. You gotta stop that." But like, but they they never really. Well, I would say Riverdale likes to have its cake and eat it too. So like, mm. on the one hand, like 
they would have some characters say it was bad or try they would try to stop what was going on. But on the other hand, like you were saying earlier, this show was very quick to like sexualize Archie, mm-hmm. uh, sexualize these teenagers, like um, to you know like portray these relationships and like I don't know like all I can really say is that yeah I kind of wish they hadn't done that I mean I do kind of get when I watch just this one episode I'm like well there is something interesting going on here with the fact like Archie's relationship with Miss Grundy is what ruins his relationship with Betty Mm -hmm. and it also complicates his relationship with Veronica so like he's got three girls uh, in his like point of view, and like he's actually like pretty much like blind to like the girls who are his age. <laughs> exactly. But that's, be- but that's because you know he was sexually abused. Like he like like this woman preyed on him, and like and it's messed up his mind, and it continues to mess up his mind for the rest of the show, unfortunately. And it's interesting because it's like. The way that the show poses it, it, because it kind of like tells you, like the way Archie acts, it shows, hey, you're not getting over this older woman because you, this shit happened to you. But the show isn't flat out being like, yo, this is the story we're trying to tell. This is wrong. This is wrong. Instead, it's just leaving yeah. a lot of lot to the imagination to piece it together. Uh, and then on top of that, I think. It kind of just felt like they didn't know what to do with Archie. I think one of the things I remember get leaving out of Riverdale was because um, was um, Archie didn't really have much of a character within the first season, at least something that I've noticed. Uh, a lot of the character development went towards everybody else but Archie within season one, from what I remember. And I remember watching um, Riverdale and then also reading Wade's Run. Because I read Wade's Run during when I was reading Riverdale, when I mean, watching Riverdale. And I remember reading Wade's Run. And I was th- looking at the comparisons, and you could tell that in Riverdale, they did pull a couple of things from Wade's thing. Um, but I was reading, and I was like, you know, I kind of wish Archie had more of, like, what Wade's personality. Like, yeah, just he could be serious, but, I, like, still c- comedic, you know? I agree. Like, um, first of all, let me say, Mark Wade is one of my favorite comic book writers. He's a legend. He's, he's done so much over so many decades and they're all like so many great stories so uh, i recommend people check those out if they haven't already but um yeah like you're right you this, you're, they didn't know what to do with archie on riverdale i've heard stories like uh, roberto is like well i thought kj wanted to do dramatic acting so like i kept giving him like this like dark brooding persona and like and then but everybody was like no that's not it because kj in real life is like a goofy silly guy he's like almost like jim carrey it seems like when you see like behind the scenes footage and like um so then in the later in season seven they finally let archie do some comedy and just be silly and be young and like and he's a good actor like he can do both like i think Mm. he did the dramatic and the comedic very well but um it's but yeah it's a different take on archie for sure because like the archie i knew from the comics was first of all clumsy. We never see a clumsy Archie in this show. Yeah. Second of all, he's not really hot. Like he's like an average kid. Like he's like like he has these two girls who are in him, but he's not like some kind of stud walking down the street. So like they definitely CW'd him up for this show. <laughs> 
Uh, in the words of Kelly, uh, Kevin Keller, Archie's hot. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, that's a, that is one of the most memorable lines of the pilot. And, um, you know, um, it's true. KJF is hot. I got to say, I'm personally glad that they dyed KJF's hair. Because Same. Archie is an iconic redhead. That's part of his whole deal. Like, he's a, like if he has a personality trait, it's that he's a ginger. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know... Um, I mean, I hate that online sometimes you see these debates about, <laughs> you know what I'm about to talk about, right? You know what I'm about to say. The ginger side that is like, yeah, it, 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 it's a veil for racism. Yes, yes. Like every time they they add diversity to a cast, occasionally, I mean, sometimes it happens to be the redheaded character and then people are mad. They're like, what about the redheads? So I'm like, you still got plenty of redheads. Like at least for this show. You can't complain because you got Archie, you got Cheryl, you got their whole family. So, <laughs> and then, but then you've got like Josie, who in the comic books is another white redhead, but here she's black. And I love that. Like, I love Ashley Murray. Uh, I, if this is the time to talk about it, let me know, or I can save that for later. <laughs> Actually, this is the time to talk about it. This is the time to talk about it. Um, okay, I, I love Ashley Murray. Like, I, I love her. Like, this show introduced me to her. I I love Pussycats, like you said. You know they were cool. The movie was cool, but like this version of the Pussycats, where they're all black and they're all talented, and like I don't know, I just love it. And um, I was like rooting for them the entire show. And so I've been trying to follow her projects outside of this. Like she just did a show on Hulu called The Other Black Girl, where she was the titular character. Mm-hmm. It was great. She did a great job. Um, you know she she tried to spin off into like Katie Keene, and I, she, I heard she about did that. a great job. Like, I watched the show for her. I didn't watch it. I was mad about Katie King. <laughs> I was mad that Katie King got top billing. But but Josie deserved it because she was actually on Riverdale. Like, she put in the work. Didn't they but use anyway. a lot of Josie's, like, supporting cast in Katie King? Yes. Like, her mom showed up. Like, like they used all the Josie and the Pussycats characters. Like, it was basically a Josie show, and Katie King was there. I mean, it would have been better if they just made it a Josie and the Pussycat show, if I'm being quite honest with you. And I think that's one of the problems I had with Riverdale, too. It's like, I personally didn't have a problem with making all the Pussycats black. However, I will say, I still love my girl, Valerie. Mm-hmm. Valerie is great. Um, but And props to Valerie for being one of the first black characters in a cartoon on TV, period. Like, like the old Josie and the Pussycats cartoon, I think she's one of the first black cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. I think she is. Oh, God. I just remember somebody posted that uh, clip where, like, Alexandra was in this bush. And they <laughs> Valerie started punching the fuck out of her. Shit. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah. Like, she was giving her the two-piece. But, yes. uh, but no, I got to say that, like, I think the problem that I had with Riverdale um, with the Pussycats, you guys made them black. Fine. Include that diversity. But you didn't do anything with it. You didn't give them enough shit to do. And at that point, it's just giving, oh, we just did this just to throw in some diversity instead of actually giving more story there. Like, honestly, y'all should have been focusing on a spinoff for Josie and the Pussycats. You guys should have been focusing on connecting them into the storylines more. Because every time they were on screen, from what I remember from season one and two... I was hella invested. I was even invested when Archie had a thing with Valerie in season two. Uh, or was, saying, what was yeah. that season? No, season it was, two. It was one. Oh, season one. It was it was one, and then I think like he 
for a minute he tried to go back, but it didn't work. And she's like, nah. <laughs> I, I I do remember she curbed his ass. I remember that. She really and the way she did it was so fucking mature. And it always seems like it's always like the that's a whole other conversation when right. it comes to There's writing. a lot. We we could have a whole podcast about this, but I would just say that um unfortunately this show was not about Josie and the Pussycats. We went on a couple of different tangents within this episode, but you know what? This turned in more into a Riverdale retrospective with with also us talking about the pilot. And I think oh what was the okay, I think a, a good a good encapsulation for the the wildness that's within Riverdale is the random lesbian kiss between Vanessa and Betty. And then even even the show kind of made fun of it, and then was like, okay, all right, you know, da 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 da, da. and I was like, okay, wow, you guys are really just adding sex in, just for the just just for it. But you know what? As a kid, actually, I think even when I was a teenager, I was like, okay, that's random. Uh, I will say, like, I do identify as queer. Like, um, uh, the showrunner Roberto Guerrero-Sacasa, he's gay. So, like, like, um, there's a lot of you know queer characters and queer storylines in this show uh it does have a large queer audience um and that's great um this first episode that kiss was very like queer baity and they do acknowledge it they're like like it like even cheryl's like that's so 2004 like whatever she says you know, it's like, like, <laughs> she said 1994 <laughs> oh yeah whatever like yeah she's like 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 we're over it like it's not shocking um but it but it was kind of cliche by that point because you know they weren't gonna like hook up but like but i have to say if you stick with this show by season seven somehow don't they have a polyamorous relationship the show ends with them in like a whole polyamorous relationship well yes but like there is a specific arc between Betty and veronica where you see them uh kind of getting closer and um really like you're just, like, wondering, what is going on with this show? Uh, <laughs> like, um, like, I feel like, I just have to say, as a queer viewer, like, I have high standards for representation. <laughs> and, like, I just feel like um, I was always kind of disappointed that a lot of the queer characters on this show weren't played by queer actors. At least they weren't openly queer. Um, so, like, Kevin, Cheryl, uh, you know, um, Tony, like, uh, like, all these Queer characters are not queer in real life, apparently. Um, but not like Kevin, Betty, though. No, like uh, I'm pretty sure, like uh, he's been um, on records many times talking about his girlfriend. Like if you read even the interviews, he'd be like, yeah, "Like I have a girlfriend," <laughs> so, and that's great for him. I'm not okay, it. okay. I'm just saying, but that's the point, though. Like Kevin, he is not like Kurt from Glee. He's more like Blaine from Glee, which is like. Uh, another straight actor playing gay and you know um, and there's implications behind that and it's like um, I have to I'll, I'll try to give the show some props because like uh, Lily Reinhardt has come out as bi true and so so like the way that uh, they did her storyline and allowed her in the end to you know explore relationships with girls or at least a girl or, or several girls actually <laughs> um, you know like I think at least they did that maybe I don't know I mean, it's 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 a whole can of worms. Freddie, since you're the guest here, do you, on a scale of five, how would you rate Riverdale season one, episode one, the pilot? And do you think this episode will stand the test of time? Mm, tough questions. So one to five, five being the best. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. 
this episode. Yes. Mm. Uh, I will give it a four. Hmm. So like, cause I, it, I, I feel like it was above average. Like it was a show that made people take notice and like want to keep watching. So uh, I'll give it a four out of five. I'll, I'll knock a point off for all the stuff I didn't like about it. <laughs> okay. Okay. What about you? I would say, hmm. I want to give it a three. I want to give it a three. I would say that it is a good pilot. Um, it it tells you what you're getting into. It does. I gotta say, like watching this pilot in particular, it's it, it's astonished me just how much of the stuff that was in this pilot remained consistent throughout the entire show. Like, like the characterization of everybody is there. Like all the seeds for the plot lines is there like whether you like them or not like <laughs> like it's 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 carried on and it's interesting no i really do think that uh this episode like you said it it, it feels very consistent like it tells you what you're getting into like like if you're watching riverdale and this is your cup of tea no you know what you're gonna get into after this first episode and i think that characterization wise i was kind of surprised at how each episode, like Riverdale, it isn't 100% one-to-one the comics, but you can tell in certain aspects that the person writing it has a lot of love and attention to detail to- towards those characters. And it's Does, weird. Do they, though? Like, I'm, like, I, 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 I mean, I, I mean, I mean. I, I have to ask myself, I'm like, did the people who made this episode, did they hate Archie Comics or no. did they love Archie Comics? Or is it both? Like, it's kind of. I think it's a mixture of the two because, like, something I was thinking about was how, like, the main characters, they have some of their base level characteristics. Like, even Archie, him being kind of clueless, that's kind of, that makes sense. Betty, to me, kind of feels very close to herself. Veronica isn't as self-centered, but she still has that type of rich girl attitude. Yeah, I gotta say, I loved what they did with Veronica in this first episode. They instantly tell you, like, okay, she's rich, she's posh, but she, um, she's new in town, but she's not a bitch. Like, she, just because she's rich doesn't mean she's a bitch. Like, mm-hmm. um, now you do have Cheryl, on the other hand, who is the popular rich mean girl. Um, but I like that there's a contrast with Veronica. Like, she's, she's ice and, and Cheryl is fire or whatever. <laughs> No, but um, I would say, yeah. Betty's a nice one. Betty's the nice girl. Betty's a nice girl. I would say that this episode, I think it's going to, I think this episode is dated. I think this show, River, I think the show Riverdale isn't going to age well, but I sometimes wonder if years from now, people will look back on this show and kind of like it for what it is. And I kind of I mean, feel like that might happen. I don't know. What was your thoughts on Riverdale Soups? Or what was your thoughts on this first episode of Riverdale? Be sure to let us know on Instagram at Super Saturdays Podcast, TikTok at Super Saturdays Pod, and Twitter at Super Saturdays PC. Your messages and reviews can make their way on the show. This was Super Saturdays. I'm Damon. And I'm Freddie. Uh, you can find me at DMVCBN. That's uh, short for DMV Comic Book Nerds. And you can find DMVCBN primarily on, I want to say, threads right now. But I guess I'm still on Twitter, or I guess 
ex or whatever. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, yeah, I, I I love to engage with fans of Riverdale comics in general, you know, all that stuff. So, thanks for having me on tonight. Of course, thanks for having on. All right. Well, as always, see you next Saturday, soups.